Um, are, you, are you podcasting or something? I am. <laughs> I am podcasting. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How have you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. Are you are you are you uh, surviving after this weekend of heartbreak? It was rough. It was yeah. rough. My heart my heart hurts a little bit. Um yep. but uh you know, we'll make it through. I think we have a lot of potential for the future. Yep. And uh you know, can only uh can only look forward, right? Yeah, so yeah. My my whole my, my whole opinion has been, hey, we didn't, I didn't expect to get here in the first place, so everything was a gift up to that. But you know, like from the end of the season onward, has just been fun, and I enjoyed it for what it was, and you know, exactly. and there's always next year. Yeah. Exactly, uh, it's exactly. Yeah. Uh, everything was a bonus. I got to go to Kansas City, you know, nice. for a World Series game. That's like, uh, you know, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I, you would have told me that at the beginning of the year. No way. No way. Exactly. Me too. Me too. So. so, yep, cool. So, uh, so yeah. So, so, what do you want to talk about? I, uh, uh, well, first of all, um, I guess everyone mostly knows you from iFanboy. Yeah. Is that like uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, kind of. That's yeah. I mean, iFanboy as well as also I co-host uh, a, a show about Android phones called All About Android. But uh, that, I, I, and I don't know which one has the biggest audience. But iFanboy is the one I've been doing for ten years, so that, for ten more than ten years. So yeah, that's probably the one to go with. That's good. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and you like, you like, you were in it from the beginning. Like you. You started podcasting like early, you're like an early adapter. Like I feel like you and Dubin have a lot of parallels like that. Like you guys were always like first on the scene with stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, we I start. I, yeah, I started. Actually, we're coming up the, uh, this week is our tenth anniversary of doing the iFanboy podcast. We started in October of '05. So yeah, I got I got in pretty early on it. So well, like I guess things are like way different. Like because now, like l- literally. I decided one morning I was starting a podcast, record it in my car, edit it on my laptop, and posted it last night. Like, it's like, it just, I imagine things are a little bit different, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, no, it's actually, it's it's crazy because I just launched uh, another podcast about a month ago uh, called Goodfellas Minute, where me and the guys who I do my fanboy with are analyzing the movie Goodfellas one minute at a time. And, Which um, I listened to, I listened to some of it, and I yeah. it's real. I love that. It's so brilliant. It's so funny. Yeah, there's there's no way anybody from from Long Island uh, or New York can't appreciate what we Goodfellas on a on a different level than than it being a Scorsese film about gangsters. It's a it's, yeah, a, it's, totally a, it's a whole other thing. But um, but what was funny was that you know is that yeah. So I started doing the I Fanboy podcast ten years ago, and we still do it the exact same way that we did it ten years ago. Nothing has changed. Um, you know, in terms of like, we recorded on Skype, we edited on the computer, we, I, I, I hand write, we, it's me and the guys who I do it with hand write the XML feed and we publish it to our website and all this sort of stuff. So when I set up the new podcast, I was like, all right, well, let me see what's changed in 10 years. And it is like 80% faster and easier to do it now. It's just like, there are all these, there are all these tools and stuff like that that automate it and make it super easy. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how far it's come. So. Yeah, like I don't know anything about computers or the internet at all, like other than <laughs> how to like Google stuff. And yep. 
like last night set up two websites and the podcast and everything just by like going into it, doing it, and then like when it gets done, just Google like now what do I do? I've done this. What do I have to do now? And like right, yeah. <laughs> enter and then it's like it's like uh, hey, gotta do this now. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's, yeah, it's it's cra- it's crazy, but it's awesome too because like that's the thing is that I knew. I mean, like when I started doing the podcast ten years ago, it was totally. I mean, it was the same reason why I started doing my zine in college. It was just like, hey, you know, there's nothing out there that I want to listen to. There's nothing that's talking about comic books the way I want to talk about comics, the way I'd want to hear it. So I'll just go do it myself. And and podcasting is like totally like it's like the continuation of that DIY dream that we all you know that we that we that we signed up for when we were kids. You know, and it's, yeah. it's great. It's great. You know. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like I find people from our community, like our scene growing up, like have gotten into such vast different things. Uh, I, I don't think that's the right way of saying it. That's the right no, way yeah, of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, No, but I know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's, it's the, the number of people that have come not like not not only from just hardcore punk in the in the eighties and nineties in general, but there's a weird hot spot on in Long Island in New York City of of uh, what I believe is our you know our class, our generation of people who are like doing cool shit. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I firmly believe that there's something related to the way what we did when we were 16 compared to what we're doing now when we're in our 30s and 40s. Yeah, I, I, I back that 100%. I mean, yeah. like, uh, I remember sending you the list of, like, possible guests for my podcast. Yep. Like, like, hey, you're on it. And, like, almost everyone is someone that came up at shows with us. Yep. And it's like, you have... You know, a television writer, a movie producer, a comic book writer, an editor, you know, like, yep. and it, and they all have the same things to say. Well, I've always done it myself, so I'll just do it myself. Yeah, and, and, and not not to get not and not to get super like nostalgic on it or anything like that, but I mean, but that that is the core of everything. Was that I mean, I remember I remember being you know fourteen, fifteen years old and seeing what you know folks like you and Artie Philly and like and other people were were doing in the scene and it being so like oh that's awesome, it, but but if they can do that, so can I, and so I can just go do this, and that's always fueled everything that I've done in my professional career, it's always been this basis of, hey, anybody can do this. All you got to do is put in the hard work and treat people right. And then, like, every, you know, I always joke and say, like, in my career, everything I've everything I've done is I've, I learned from hardcore. You know, like, without it, I don't think I, I would have done, you know, been able to accomplish everything that I've done at this point. So. And I don't want to get political. Like, I don't want to go into think There's, like, a little <laughs> bit of, like, white privilege there, you know, where, like, I actually became super lazy because... Like, oh, anything I want to do, I can do. You know? Right. Like, I can, oh, yeah, I can do that. I, I'm sure I can do that. I could probably do that if I wanted to. And so I never really tried to do anything. Like, yeah. You know, like, I only did what came easy because of how easy things came. Is that yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I never actually thought about it that way. But, you know, because I never, I mean, like, you know, like well, you, I, I do, do accomplish stuff. I've never, I, I you know. No, well, <laughs> no, but, but the thing is that you, you can accomplish stuff, but you also hit walls. I mean, like I've, I've definitely, you know, like I, you know, I did, I did my zine for what, for like six, seven years. And, you know, the, the, 
the vision of what I wanted it to become versus what it was were two different things, you know, like I, it's funny. And like, I don't know if it's just because I'm hard on myself or I hold things up to a higher standard, but it's just the same thing with my fanboy. I mean, like I fanboy, like the, the vision of what I wanted to do with my fanboy versus what happened, you know, like I always wanted more. Like, I think that that's kind of the, it's kind of a self-motivating thing is that like, you know, you see what other people are doing and you're just like, damn, I could do that. I could do that better. And then you just, you know, bust your ass and you try to do the best job you can. And, you know, I've been super, super lucky in that, you know, I created something that resonated with people and, ha- and, and, and had a lot of, you know, it was, uh, has been popular and continues to be and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it's kind of like, for at least for me, I'm always looking like, okay, that's great, but what's next? You know, like what, like what's the next challenge? What's the, cause I get bored. That's my biggest thing. Like I've always said to other, other people, like the reason why I've done all this stuff is cause I, I just got bored. <laughs> so, so I just look, just try to keep myself busy. <laughs> well, you're like, you, like you amazed me. Cause like, we're, like we're not, you know, uh, we weren't close this whole time, but yeah. you know, I, I follow you on Twitter and I'm Facebook friends with you and I see what you're up to and it's like. You you do so much like like between the all about Android and like this the yeah. you know the Goodfellas minute and like like uh, I, I, yeah what I could yeah yeah it's fun it's fun I mean it's just like you know like it's like all, like kind of doing doing podcasts like you know I kind of did the whole comic book thing and then I started doing tech stuff. And like, that's a whole, no- and, and the thing, go, again, I go back to hardcore and I know I'm, I'm leaning to, you know, cause you and, cause you know, you, you, we both came from hardcore and that's how we know each other. But like, you know, it, the whole tech media world, it's just another scene, you know, like, and, and it's so funny because like all the scene politics and all that stuff that you do, you know, kind of, you know, kind of dictated how you deal with people and how you relate to people. And it's funny because now here we are, you know, 20, I mean, Jesus, Neil, I've known you for 20 years, like nearly 20 years now. And yeah, yeah, you're right. Like we've never really been close, super friends, but like I see you on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, there's Neil. That's awesome. And I, you know, I see you personally give you a high five and a hug. It's like, I feel like it's this extended family. And I've seen that also happen in like the world of tech. Like when I moved up to San Francisco, there's a whole bunch of people who were doing podcasts as well and all this sort of stuff. And we've kind of created this nice little community of, of, of people that you are, it's more than acquaintances, but not like best friends. It's like somewhere in between where, you know, people are doing cool shit and we're, we're, you know, everybody helps to kind of promote each other. And, you know, my friend Tom has a really successful tech news show and every now and then he invites me on, I get to be a guest on that and that gets people aware of what I'm doing and they go check out my fanboy or anything else. And like, it's just this nice little kind of community. And it, it and, and again, it goes back to, I think it's the, the way of how you treat people and, and how you treat people who are doing the same thing as you, who you respect. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I back that 100%. I, and you're and you and you're doing you're doing you're doing like comedy stuff now, right? Yeah, and it's the same thing. It, there's little yeah. clicks, there's little scenes. You have to build it. You know, like people aren't dying to go see new comics. They they're not interested. They only want to see Bill Burr and Louis C.K. So like you have to build that scene yourself. You have to get other young people, just not young people, but new comics, to start performing and just to go to shows and, and get their friends to come to shows. And then, you know, you build your little scene. Like, we we do a monthly show at uh, Amityville Musical, and, it's, you know, yeah. it started nine people, and now it's like, oh, it's like 50 people a week coming out, a month coming out to this. And it's like, oh, all right, you know, we're, like, starting to build a little something, something. And it's the, you know, it's the same... Uh, you know, the same everywhere. Yeah, that's 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 a that's a thing. It's like like so for in my spare time, 
uh, I've been playing. I've, I've become a big uh, pinball player. Like I, I love playing pinball, and and I'm in a league here in San Francisco, and like and there's a little community that has stemmed out of that. And again, it's the same. It's just the same thing. It's where it's like people with like-minded interests, and then you create this little scene, and then and then always my first instinct is, okay, great. What can I add to it? Because I, I'm still, you know, like you were in bands. I I never I I have no music ability whatsoever, and that's. That's what always, that's the first thing that really started was that I was, you know, seeing bands play and going to shows and I, I felt anxious because I wanted to give, give back to this community, but I had no way to do it. And so that's why I, I tried booking shows and I did my zine and things like that. Like I'm always looking for ways on the outside to be a part of this community that I really like, I really enjoy, you know, so. Yeah, I think, and like, I feel like everyone, everyone, it was like everyone, I don't know, I mean, everyone from our world acts like behaves like that you know what yeah. I mean? like i don't i don't know that everyone I, I i know for a fact that not everyone who does comedy feels that way and i'm sure yeah. that it's not everyone who plays pinball feels the way you feel but it's yeah like, exactly be, because we're from where we're from and how we got into what we got into we want to we want to make more out of whatever it is yep. we're doing i think and I, and I don't know what that is i mean i don't know if it's because we grew up on Long Island and, and we were always less than New York City or like if there's if it's some sort of like overcompensating need or something like that. But that's that, that's absolutely that's absolutely what it is. You know, I wonder, I, I really wonder because it's like we all you know, like a, a large number of us that came from Long Island Hardcore are all at, you know, are doing similar things. I just think that's it's it's it's, it's, it's so there's something to that. I don't know what it is, but there's something. So. Yeah, I I uh yeah, still I still back it. Uh, <laughs> I have a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. Um, sure. How on earth did you become like the sole defender of the Muppets? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the sole defender of the Muppets, but I definitely had I definitely had a uh, uh, five minutes in the spotlight. That's for sure. <laughs> there was there was a week and a half where every time the Muppets was mentioned, they were like, "Rod Richards, expert on the Muppets." <laughs> Well, hey man, this is this is the world we live in. It's all you gotta do is be, all you gotta do is get on Twitter and be loud and write and write something on media, and then you're all of a sudden you're an expert. I mean, that's really all it is. Is that like, I mean, I, I've I, you know I've been a Muppet fan since I was a kid. I mean, like we when my when we had a VCR in the early '80s, uh, the only movies we had were Star Wars and the Muppet movie, and I just watched those on on, on repeat. And um, and so when the Muppets came back in the movie, I, I, me and my sister went to go see it on opening day, and I was like, I was getting all teary-eyed. It was, it, it, it pushes those emotional buttons. So when the TV show came back, you know, I was just like, oh, cool, I'm excited for this. And then, um, then the first episode came out, and there was all that backlash. And and again, it's like the same problems. Oh, you know, like we've been having, you know parental groups since the 80s objecting to media which i just i just find awful and, and and i hate censorship and all that sort of stuff but um you know and so with all the controversy around uh parents groups saying that the muppets weren't appropriate for kids i just wrote an article on medium and then um then actually what, what what really happened was that i didn't even start talking about it publicly yet because i was still writing the article and the uh my co-host on my fanboy Josh Flanagan, he had tweeted about the Muppets and saying how he liked the first episode. And then a producer from the Huffington Post Live contacted him and said, like, Hey, we're host hosting a round table on one of our shows uh, our streaming shows, do you wanna come on? And Josh has two kids and a job and he's just like, No, I'm too busy, but you should talk to Ron. 
And so, so I talked I talk to this producer and I explained, you know, I told her about the article I was writing and so she invited me to come on. And so the next thing I know, I'm on this like Google Hangout that is being broadcast on the Huffington Post and I'm arguing with a woman who has uh, written an article for the New York Post saying that, uh, or, the, or the Daily News, I forget which paper it was, but saying how the Muppets aren't appropriate for children and I'm, and I'm arguing with her and I've got everyone cheering me on on Twitter. It was just, it was crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that's crazy. Um, yeah. So you think you think it is appropriate? Like you don't think that like some of the sexual innuendos and stuff is it, it, fine, right? Like we're yeah. Well, I mean, here here's here, my whole my whole my whole my whole thesis about the whole thing is that the sexual innuendos and the wit and all that stuff has been there from the beginning. Uh, Jim Henson and Frank Oz and all those guys in the seventies they were they were they were crazy theater hippies who. All that stuff was there, and so I grew up watching it, and I didn't turn into a weirdo, you know. Like, and and the thing is, is that like I think you need that entry if you want any sort of cleverness or sarcasm or wit in the world. You need to be raised with that around you, so that as you get older, then you realize you go, oh, that's what that means, and then you get it, and then you learn. Um, you know, I don't think we should. I don't think we should. You know, hide our kids from things that they're going to find out eventually, you know, and, and like, and so what's great is that I have a, you know, my sister's got uh, two daughters and my 12 year old niece loves the show. And every week she calls me and we talk about it and, and she tells me what she thought was funny. I tell her what I thought was funny and she doesn't get all the jokes, but when she's 20, she will, you know? And so like, I think that's fine. It is given, so, it is, it is given something for me and my sister to talk to my niece about. And like, I think, I think it's, it's, I think the Muppets are a, are a unique device to tell stories and to introduce, you know, wittiness via puppets because they're just, they're dumb looking puppets for kid stuff. But I mean, and, and the thing is that whether or not the, the new show is up to the level of what we grew up with, with the Muppet show and the Muppet movie and all stuff like that, like that stuff is like top shelf, if you ask me. But, um, and, and now it's all, it's all different because they're trying to make it modern and they're taking selfies and shit like that. But, um, uh, you know, but I, but I think that it's, it's a, it's, I, I think the world is a better place when the Muppets are in it and a part of culture and, and they've always been in an absurdist kind of metatextual commentary on the world we live in. And I, and I, I enjoyed that in the seventies and the eighties and I want to enjoy it now. So. Did, did you, did you enjoy the Jason Siegel Muppet movie? I I did I enjoyed the, the yeah the, the 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 Muppets the one that Jason Segel did I I yeah I really enjoyed that actually I didn't enjoy I did not enjoy the one after it, the Muppets Most Wanted because I felt like they slipped back to the Muppets of the nineties which was just cheesy celebrity cameos and just you know you know contrived plot plots and not very it's like the Muppets are at their best when they are criticizing and making fun of the world we live in so that that's that's kind of my 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 position on it. I just I enjoy hearing people talk about things that they're passionate about, even if yeah. I don't even understand it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I I love watching like Christian talk about atmospheric metal to somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Are you saying band names? I'm not sure, but yeah. it's cool that you're so into it. Like, so yep. yeah. So like, even if like I know I have a Muppets, they're good. It's funny. But then I hear someone like look so much deeper into it, you know. I always I really love that. Like, uh, you know Mike Kennedy from uh the Rejects? Oh yeah, of course, yep. So he's like obsessed with sugar cereals. Okay. <laughs> and like 
you know, same thing. Like talking about how it used to be like one brand used to be better than it is now because they started including too yeah. many of the other kind of flavor. Like what? Okay, no, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's sick. And I can like I honestly I can listen to him talk about that for twenty minutes and just be like, this is amazing. So amazing. Yeah. And I hope I like I kinda hope that people like to hear about that stuff too. Like even stuff they're not necessarily interested in, but to hear someone else talk about it so passionately, maybe it does get them interested in it. Well, yeah. Well, there's, uh, did you ever see? Did you, ever, did you ever read the book, or did you see the movie High Fidelity? Yeah, I saw, I saw the book. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to read, but. Uh, okay. Uh, well, well, read the read the book. The book is actually good, but um, but yeah, no, the, 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 there's a premise in that book and the movie, which is that it's it's not what you're like, it's what you like. You know, and that, and, and like really what we, we grew up and we, we, we've kind of developed into this world of culture and media absorption. And, you know, and honestly, like, like, you know, to go back in time to the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, like, I don't, I don't think we would be mentally equipped to live back then because it wasn't so tied to things like, you know, atmospheric metal or the Muppets or the Mets or comic books or comedy or any of these, you know, kind of little, you know, compartments that we all kind of fill. And, and what I think is interesting is that, you know, like I, it, it, like life is one big Venn diagram, you know, and I've got buddies who are you know, like, like we share a similar taste in music in terms of like hardcore and punk. Right. But like, I also know that I'm way out there into like Brit pop and stuff like that. You might not be into it, but like me and Ari Shepard bonded immediately over Suede back in '94, you know, like, and and that's a right, thing right. that has that has that that's a that's a thing that has continued, you know, now 20 plus years later, right? Where what what happens is that you find all these, you know, like your life is made of all these checkboxes. These are the things I'm into, and we're constantly looking for people who either share those things because then you can revel in them. Or you're looking for someone that you can share them with. Um, the, the the only the only problem with that is that sometimes people get too hung up, and it's like, hey, listen, this is what I'm into. Unless you're into this, you're not cool by me. And I've like I've like I like this. I, I love hearing about shit. Like like Ryan Padagos is totally into Godzilla movies, and I don't know anything about Godzilla. So we go to dinner, and he tells me all about Godzilla, and I find it fascinating. You know, and it's it's like you know it's it's. You know, we we come together in our common commonalities, but I think that everybody really um, can be more appreciated by understanding the the differences. You know, by the different things that they're into. In the in the middle there, you were saying something about like uh, that reminded me, like we're like a culture of consumption now. Yes. Yep. We're producing a ton of content, but it's mostly content based on existing content. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, like, and that, that's like going back to what we were saying earlier about like what I do, like I've made a career of that. I mean, like I created a website and a podcast about comic books, except that I don't make comic books. What we do is we get on every week and we talk about the comic books that came out. You know, I, I just, I just launched a podcast that is analyzing a movie. You know, so it's like, it's like, it's, it's this weird kind of like, you know, like I've got a ton of respect, respect for you as doing comedy because you're, you're at that base level creating comedy, like creating it, which is great. Whereas I would just be, I'd be making a podcast talking about your comedy. So like, I, sometimes I kind of feel like a barnacle on culture, but I, I feel like the, like, like continuing the discussion and continuing the discovery of things like that is important as well. So like, while I'm not a, I'm, I'm not necessarily someone who can make things. I'm someone who can spread the word about things. So. Oh, to- I totally, I yeah. back that 100%. Like, uh, you know, yeah, I, 
yeah, we, I mean, Nerdist and, and At Midnight and all that stuff, like, that stuff's hugely important, and it's just talking about what's going on. Like, right, yeah, how, did, yeah. how did it make you feel? You know what I mean? Like, how did, how did that make you feel? How did the Muppets make you feel? How did that right. woman saying that they were inappropriate for children make you feel? And, like, we work out this stuff, you know, like, how did, you know, how did Minute 27 where, you know, he says, fuck you, pay me. Like, how did that make you feel, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about that for twenty minutes. Uh, I love. I think that's great. Right. Yeah. Well. Well. It's it's the thing. It's the things that these are the things that matter and these are the things that resonate. You know, like these are the, yeah. you know, like like why why did some dumb mob movie from twenty five years ago? Why is it twenty five years later? I still quote it on a daily basis. It resonated on some level, and I think that that matter. You know, that 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 definitely matters. And like all these different touch points, whether they're books or music or movies or TV or you know or anything or live performances or anything like that. You know, like somebody has, you know, because like the past, I spent the past like five to, you know, five to ten years, you know, basically like trying to see all of the bands that I've always wanted to see. Like if a band reunited, like the replacements reunited. So I went to Chicago to Riot Fest to go see them. So I wanted to be able to say I saw the replacements, you know, and that sort of thing. And a lot of it, you know, I end up seeing a lot of the same bands over and over again. I had a friend, you know, asked me, like, well, why, you know, why do you go? Like, why, you've already seen that band once. Why do you need to go again? It's like, yeah, but there's a resonance. There's a, 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 a moment of being in it and living it and experiencing it because, you know, one day this is like, this is all going to end. This is all, I'm, you know, like, you know, hopefully not for a very long time, but at some point I'm not going to be able to go do this stuff. So might as well do it while you can. Well, there's a level of like living it and like experience to like that, to that going yep. to shows. I've always found it interesting because I can watch the same comedy special over and over and over. Like I know all the jokes by heart. I, I know his inflections. I know, you know, how he walks, how he moves. Yep. And and people think that's like a weird thing, but then they can listen to the same song over and over again, you know? Yep. Whereas I think going to a live concert or going to see a comedian live or, or anything live, improv, whatever, anything live, it's you're in the moment. You're in that experience. There's like a, right. a, a life... Um, a, a liveliness to it, you know, like you're, uh, this is happening to me now. Right, but, yeah. But even, like, even beyond that, like, you can listen to, I always think it's weird that people can listen to that Drake song one million times, and I have no problem with that song whatsoever. I'm not speaking about the content. But you can listen <laughs> to that same song one million times, but you're like, oh, I heard that joke before. Right. Like to me, and, that's always weird. That's yeah, and I mean, and and that's and yeah, that is a weird thing because I can't. I mean, I can't even tell you. I mean, no, actually, I could. I could go into. I could go into Last FM and tell you the number of times I've listened to Morrissey. Um, but like, like, I don't know why it still works. You know, like I don't know why it still resonates. I don't know why it still connects with me, but it does. And you know, and given given the choice to listen to Drake or Morrissey, like I always kind of opt you, you, you opt for what you know and for you. And that's, and that's really the, that's the, that's the thing that I've kind of struggled with at least now as we're getting older is that, you know, like, you know, I, I desperately want new music. Like I desperately want to hear new bands and, and, and do all this stuff because, you know, because I realized that I've been listening to, you know, guided by voices and, and, and Morrissey and, and, and Jawbreaker and all these bands over and over again. Um, 
but you know, like I, I definitely want new stuff, but I just, I, I, I don't know if it's cause I'm older cause I'm not in it anymore. Like I just can't find it, you know, like the, like nothing, like I'll listen to like Iron Sheik is one of the one exceptions of like a newer band that I, I listen to as much as I listen to Avail or anybody like that else like that, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's getting fewer and far between her as you get older of those things that resonate. Well, I think that, uh, I purposely list, like I purposely make it a point to listen to newer stuff. Like I, I mean, the, the mid nineties is my sweet spot as well. Yeah. And I have, you know, my records that have definitely worn out. Um, but I make it a point, you know, well, I'm also like, I book events, so I, I kind of have to make it a point, but I make it a point to listen to like newer stuff. And, and there is still, you know, I, I hear people be like, Oh, there's no good, new good. I get mad at that. Like there's a lot yeah. of really good stuff. Well, happening and that's and that's and that's the thing i never say there's no good music i, I know it's out no, there i just can't find it i just can't yeah, find no, it. I'm, not, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying i'm not saying you i'm not saying you <laughs> no no i don't know but i'm just saying no but i'm just saying like i definitely i definitely know that but i i mean like i'm in a position where i want to find it and you know like i just like beach slang is a band this year that i've discovered and and i and i think it's great and i'm enjoying it you know but like so maybe i need you to, to, to tip me off to more to what the kids but, are doing these days because you know but did you uh <laughs> did you discover it uh, because they covered drama, drama, drama. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> I found out about. I heard that after I heard about them. Actually, for, uh, I think it might have been Dubin or somebody's told me about them, and that's when I checked them out. So okay, okay. <laughs> that's. Uh, I find I find that funny too. Like, because there are some bands now, like um, uh, like Pup and uh, Super Heaven, who like have this like very nostalgia like this 90s grungy feel to it yeah. and uh and uh, yeah like Beach Slang's one of those bands and then they cover like a band that like they're reminiscent of to me and, like, and, yeah. the song, and when I heard that song I was like oh yeah no I do like this band now <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes that's all sometimes that's all it takes you know <laughs> but I, uh, I don't know I feel like that makes me shitty I don't know yeah yeah I don't know. But here, yeah, I pulled I pulled up my last FM, and apparently the number one listened to band of uh, since I've been tracking in 2006 is The Smiths with 5,425 listens. <laughs> I I could have guessed I could have guessed that though. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, no, and number two and number two is Morrissey with 3,542 listens. <laughs> so yeah. you could, like I like your avatar on on Twitter. Like yeah. you consider yourself a mod. I I mean not I don't consider myself a mod in the quadrophenia standpoint. It's just I I just like the way that looks, you know. Like I I like you know like I I love the jam and I love I love like the mod all kind of stuff. But I just kind of you know like I don't I don't really like uh, photos of myself, so I don't really want to put you know like a, an avatar of my my big dumb head on you know my Twitter. So I was just like let me find something that is really simple and iconic. And, you know, like, and, and, you know, and like when I first joined Twitter, it was a very clean, you know, like the, the red, white, and blue bullseye kind of target. And then a couple of years, a couple of years ago, I had a graphic designer friend of mine kind of grunge it up a little to make it look kind of beat up. Cause I feel like that's kind of more reflective of it, but you know, it's the kind of thing where it's like, you know, you, you see that on Twitter and you know, it's me, like, you don't like, I, it doesn't like, it's, it's a branding thing, you know, like, and not that I need to brand myself, but it's just like, it, it's just simple, you know, like I'm trying to simplify it as much as possible. So <laughs> I'm not a good interviewer. 
Uh, <laughs> well, now, now you're talking about my Twitter avatar. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm wondering if it's time to refresh it or do something with it because I, I think I made that grungy version like uh, five years ago, so it might be due. <laughs> no, I, I uh, looked at it today. I looked at it today, and I was like, I was like, it's changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely, yeah. It's a little, a little dirtier. I like it that way. But yeah, but I, yeah, but I don't know if I'm a mod. I mean, I don't know what I am anymore. I mean, it's funny because I, I introduced myself. Uh, to somebody as I'm like, oh, I'm a hardcore kid. And I was like, Jesus, I'm almost 40. I'm not a kid. And he's like, you know, like, it's like. Well, yeah, I feel like even, uh, I was, I always found a weird, like, uh, we, yeah, clearly grew up in the hardcore scene. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. I never really felt like I was a hardcore kid. Like I never listened to like the straight up hardcore, like ever. Right. Right. You know, like, like it was minor or matter and resurrection and an endpoint, you know. It wasn't yeah. ever. And I don't want to like. It wasn't ever just like a straight up chugga chugga thing. Like some of the yeah. more metalish stuff. But well, that, and that, I mean, that, but, but that, but that, that's what that. But going back to what we were saying before, that's what I loved about hardcore so much was because. Like, so, so like, I, you know, you, I mean, I love Minor of Matter. Like, Minor of you know, like Matter continues to be one of my most listened yeah. to bands and all stuff like that. And, you know, and, but I, I kind of enjoyed VOD. Like, I was never crazy for VOD, you know, but then I loved Sound Majority and I loved Clockwise and I love, you know, like, so like, I kind of, I kind of lean more towards things with melody, right? But the, but then there are some stuff that, that, you know, there's some more medley kind of things, you know, where, you know, or, or even, noisy you know like i you know part of you know listening to music and getting you know like realizing the moment like i always go back to it we always laugh about us you know old old scene scene or whatever but it's that hoover lincoln seven inch where it's like the the moment you listen to those two songs and you get what both those bands are doing and it just blows your mind you know and you know so like i would listen to that more often than madball you know like you know but but i'll listen to madball every once in a while you know like it's that idea where you you kind of there's this great big bowl of options and you kind of pick and choose what makes you and that you know and that that's that that's why i loved when we grew up because it was really super diverse whereas now i get the sense that there's a lot of segmentation and that like no that's you know that's metal and that's you know and that's pop punk or that's emo or whatever it is you know like you know we when we would go to a show there would be a ska band there'd be a a metalcore band there'd be a straight up you know old school hardcore band and you just you just enjoy every band for what they were doing yeah it's, uh, I, 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 I feel I feel like I'm, I'm coming off like a, a crotchety old man who, who's, who's longing for the old days. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, you know it was it was different. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a problem with how it is now. Right. Uh, but there was something unique to how it was then. Like it really was unique that like VOD song majority. At half man to play the same show, yeah. and like right. two, but two are mothers at the time. It all sounds the same anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, like and I, I think I, we forget that also. Like as as we get older, we forget that when we were younger, we didn't understand the people that are our age now either. Right, right. So like, uh, we, whenever like, I don't know, whenever like a young kid who. I have similar music tastes, uh, dismisses me as irrelevant or only listening to old things. It's just, it, I get a kick out of it because I'm like, oh, yeah, I was 
I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I, I I used to think about when we'd be, you know, when we'd go to a show and, you know, we'd be at some VFW hall or whatever, and in the back there'd be some, like, I, I, I turn to my friend and go, who's the old guy? You know, there'd be, like, yeah. some old dude standing in the back, you know, with faded tattoos or whatever, and it'd be the, you know, and now I kind of realized that, like, oh, I'm the old guy, you know? But, yeah, like, it's, but the, yeah, it's me, you, Christian, Dubin. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but, this, but the thing is, I don't feel like the old guy, like, I, like, so it's quite, it's like, I went, like, jeez, this might be, this might be more than a year ago now, but, um, so Iron Cheek toured, and they played San Francisco, and I was all excited because I was like, "Great, this is a band I love. I'm gonna go see them play." And they played at some bar out in the Outer Mission here in San Francisco. And I was, I, I expected it to be like to be one of like eight people there, you know. And you know, and what I, I what I realized was that they packed the room, and it was it was eighty percent kids, quote unquote kids. And I was right there in the pit, you know, singing along and, and dancing and whatever, you know, because like that, because that's what we were doing and that, that's what it was. And I, I never felt like the old guy, even though I realized that the person I was standing next to, I might be 10 or 15 years older than, but it, like in that moment, it just doesn't matter. And, and it's funny because it's like, it's the perspective of, I remember being 15 and looking upwards and now I'm 38 looking downwards and it's just it's 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 just way way different, you know. And 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 I don't know if it's because we have this we we've, we've built this kind of Peter Pan syndrome like culture that we were just talking about now, or it's like even though I'm like like I think about what my dad was doing when he was my age, and he wasn't going to shows, he wasn't you know like the stuff that we like you know, the stuff that we're still doing that we started doing when we were like in our teens, like so it's 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 definitely a different time. It's it's definitely like, things have definitely changed. Like you, you're not married. You don't have kids, right? Right. Yeah. No. I'm totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, like, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of my friends, like even the married ones, like I consider myself married. Like we've been together for 12 years, living together for yeah. eight. So like I, we call it, you know, whatever. But even my married friends, like if they don't have kids, like we're still kids. Like we're still. Yeah. Yeah. And and and. and, and, and 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 that's a, that's the thing is that I don't think that we can't not be good parents or, or good spouses or anything like that. It's just it's it's just it's a it's it's a different way. I mean, like I've got I've got friends who have kids who then like who then treat it like a prison sentence. You know, where it's like you know it's yeah. like oh I can't I can't do anything because of the kid and blah, blah blah. But then there are people like like Dubin or like or a buddy of mine who I went to college with who lives in Indiana. This guy Gordon who, has, who he's got kids and like you can still live your life like you can and in fact you can integrate your children into that life and then like like and that's the thing it's like i do want kids at some point because i really want to pass down what i know and what i'm all interested in and all stuff like that but at the same time like if i had kids like i want them to discover like my dad never forced me to listen to the music he liked you know like he he just he was in a queen he just played queen records when i was growing up and it was always there um, you know, so like, I don't want to have a, a kid and be like, you need to listen to Minor Threat when they turn 13. And like, it's just like, you know, like kind of let them discover it. But I think you could definitely be an adult and still be, you know, kind of a kid at heart that we are now and, and, and be able to exist, you know? I think, yeah, I think Dubin is a really good example of that. Like, where like Liv is just incorporated into his life. But yeah. She, she's like a, she's like a little girl, like a small child, like taking photos. Of the ghetto yeah. kids from like the barricade and like you yeah. know, I I remember we were in the car, the three of us were in the car one day and Blue Chip came on, and she was so she was like five and she was like Neil 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 this is Blue Tip and I was like yeah I know who Blue Tip is like what do you <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. Like, yeah, like it's awesome that like she was like this little like uh she's like a little dude, but uh, yeah, yeah, well, well, that's that's dangerous in and of its own right, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> both, both awesome and dangerous. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not maybe that's not a great idea. Will's <laughs> already got one. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it, I mean, it was great. Like, a, like last uh, last year when I was uh, when I was working the New York Comic Con, I got Dubin and Liv into the into the. I got him passes to go to the show, and, uh, and it was great to see her eyes be totally like wide, and she's like in her Princess Leia costume, and just like you know, and like it's uh, that idea of like introducing like that's the thing. You, you, what you said earlier is that we we've got this culture of consumption and of media creation. And now there's a next generation that are, that we can introduce it to, and they can go do even better things, you know. And, and like, and and the thing is that like as we get older, like it's it's going to be a lot harder to to hang until four in the morning, you know, like to go to the diner after the show and all that sort of stuff. But uh, but you know, if our heart is still into it, then so you know you, you know, and and then if you get you get the next generation. I mean, I, honestly, like I'll never forget, I'll never forget being at the PWAC. You know, it must have been you know seventeen or eighteen. And someone had brought like there was a bunch of like twelve or thirteen year old kids running around, and I flippantly made a comment to somebody I forget who it was. I was like, "Oh, who brought the kids?" And someone's like, "Oh, that's so and so's little brother and so and so's little little sister." And like, you know, they're the next generation. We gotta we gotta get them started now. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, you're right." Like I didn't I didn't think about that. You know, like I was trying to be cool, too cool for school and like realizing that you know like to, like being dismissive of younger kids, but like really. Like not to be cheesy, but like they are, they are the future, you know. Like and so they're yeah. either gonna be, they're they're either gonna be assholes or we can guide them to be like us, you know, because we're 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 great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we turned out bang up. We were very, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we nailed it, nailed it. <laughs> I think so. I think I think so. I always I always say so. I always say that my my hardcore years, my straight edge years, definitely you know made me into the person I am today. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't trade it in. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pulling up, man. I'm pulling up to my house. We nailed it. We did cool. this. Cool. Awesome. Great. Well, that was, it was, it was, it was fun to accompany you on your ride home. So. Yeah, man. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for being on in traffic. And uh, anytime. Dude, I will definitely. Uh, um, you're gonna. You're in the rotation, man. You're gonna be back on. Cool. For sure. Cool. Any 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 time, but any, and next time I'm in New York, I'll give you a shout. We need to hang. It's been too long. All right, man. Thanks, Rod. Right. Take it easy, buddy. All right, take, Bye. It, take it easy.